Hello everyone and welcome to This Mom Loves. I'm Kate Wynn. I'm a mom of two girls. I'm a kindergarten teacher, a blogger, freelance writer, TV guest, and podcast host. And you are listening to episode 47 of the show. Today in my favorite things, I'm going to be sharing a great book. It's fiction. In the lifestyle segment, I'm going to be talking about my treadmill desk. And my special guest today is Marcy D'Alessandro. She is the chair of the PRHC Mombassadors, and I'll let her tell you all about what that is a little bit later, but she's here to share some fundraising wisdom. So her, um, her group is one that is doing a lot, of, uh, a lot of incredible fundraising, and she's going to give some tips and tricks, talk about their different initiatives and ideas that they've had, give a little bit of inside scoop on how that all works. So maybe there are some listeners out there wanting to do some fundraising in their own communities or beyond. So Marcy D'Alessandro will be here later in the show with all sorts of advice for you. Kicking things off with a book that I really enjoyed, and it is the book A Man Called Uva by Frederick Bachman. And I did Google how to pronounce that, and that was what the editor of the book said in an interview that it is pronounced Uva. So A Man Called Uva by Frederick Bachman. So it's all about basically a curmudgeon old man, and he uh, is planning to end his life. So it's pretty much like he starts each day with a plan for how he's going to go about that. But then he gets some new neighbors and meets some other people and, and um, gets kind of reconnected with some older people that he knew. And it just, you know, doesn't seem to happen, doesn't seem to happen. And, you know, I'm not going to give away what actually happens at the end of the story. But really, there's so much sadness to it. But at the same time, it's so funny. I mean, this grumpy old man dealing with young children and friendly neighbors and all of that stuff and being the neighborhood watch and all of that. So funny, but sad, but and deep with light moments. It's, it's just really, really good. So it kind of reminds me a little bit if you read The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. Um, it's got some similarities to that, just kind of the, the old man aspect, but definitely um, a piece of fiction I would recommend. It's not brand new, but someone actually recommended it to me um, a while ago. It's, it's from a few years ago, but I would definitely recommend it to all of you. And normally I'm more into the suspense and the thrillers and all of that as opposed to kind of a general fiction, but uh, this one was really good. A Man Called Uva by Frederick Bachman. And I just want to take a minute now to talk about my bracelet collaboration that came out last week. And it's funny, um, one of my friends was joking with me the other day. She'd started listening to some of my podcasts and, and there was a point where I had the same sponsor for a few weeks in a row. And she said, oh, are you ever going to stop talking about the such and such? And I was explaining to her that, you know, my podcast, if it's not sponsored, I'm not getting anything from it. And so currently I do not have a sponsor for the podcast. So um, I'm doing this for fun, people. Uh, you're welcome. And, you know, so I'm just going to give my own uh, collaboration a little plug here while I have your attention. So it's called This Mom Loves by Hidden Gems by Raquel. And I had Raquel on the show actually last time talking about uh, being a small businesswoman, having her, um, her, um, jewelry business on the side, even though she has a day job and she's raising kids and everything. So she gave a lot of good advice about that. But we do have three gorgeous bracelets. It's a really small collection. So there's the Kate, which is a bangle bracelet, and you can pick the birthstones that you want on it. Um, up to five are included, $2 for additional. It's really popular. Um, the next one is the Olivia. So it's got that kind of white look. So it's the white howlite stones with some silver hematite. And then there's a little um, double uh, silver plated dangling heart 
off that one and Olivia of course being my older daughter and then the third one is called the Eva so it's got the pink opal stones and rose gold hematite so kind of all that pinkish kind of look as well as some of the white lava stones and those can be used as essential oil diffusers I found out so if that's something you're interested in maybe putting some drops of an oil that you want with you for the day that might be one you're um, interested in and it's got a little uh, pink and gold really tiny dangling heart off that one so we launched last Sunday and the sales were amazing that first day so as I'm learning as a businesswoman that um, a lot of people jump at it right off the bat and I'm just so so thankful and then we've had you know a few more sales coming in since um, since that day but really really thrilled with how it's going so thankful to the people who are supportive and just a reminder too um, I was talking with somebody on Facebook about this today that you don't always have to purchase something I mean you might love me very much but have no interest in wearing a bracelet but even just by liking a post or commenting on a post sharing something telling your friends that can mean so much I mean I don't think anybody ever expects that everybody they know is going to buy something that they've created but even with Facebook and Instagram algorithms, you liking and commenting something tells Facebook it's worth showing and they show it to more people. So even not just me, any friend you have um, with a business of any sort, anybody that you want to support, those little tiny things on social media can make more of a difference than you think. It's not just kind of that ego boost like, oh, they liked my post. It actually can help because then Facebook or Instagram will show it to more people because a lot of people are liking or commenting. So it doesn't cost you any money to do that. But if you are interested in making a little investment, um, you can certainly go to my website, thismumloves.ca to find a link to the collection or just Google Hidden Gems by Raquel. And the collection is right there on her homepage. And of course, um, our social media accounts as well. And I will get to that after I talk to you about my lifestyle segment item in a moment. Today, I want to tell you about my treadmill desk. And I look back through all of my notes to see, have I talked about this yet? And I don't think I have, unless it was very, very early on in, uh, in the This Mom Loves podcast days. So my dad made it for me. It's just that cheap white material, um, but made it just to fit over the size of, of my last treadmill. So actually I have since gotten a new one. And so it fits, it's a little tiny bit big, but I love it because I'm a treadmill walker. I like to think I walk at a pretty good clip, but it's not running. It's definitely walking. I love having the TV right in front of me, which is great too. I've found that motivational. I have been a regular treadmill walker for probably 15 years now almost every day unless I'm you know ill or out of town or something like that or you know almost ready to have a baby or immediately postpartum all of those fun times but I, I really just love walking on the treadmill but I have found it's even better when I can have my laptop in front of me and kill two birds with one stone and I know people talk about the fact that oh there's no such thing as multitasking you, you can't multitask you can't do two things at once but I find I am quite capable of walking and typing at the same time so obviously whatever I'm doing on, on the computer or online might not be quite as quick as if I were completely focused on it without doing something else physical, but I don't know, maybe the walking actually helps. So I can catch up on my emails. I can plan out blog posts. I can plan stuff for the podcast. I have the This Mom Loves Virtual Book Club now. So every few days I'm posting a discussion question about the book and answering um, other people's questions, planning all of that out. And I just like to be able to get other things done at the same time as my workout. It kind of helps me with both things when I know that I'm killing those two birds with one stone. So I know there are very expensive ones out there, like really fancy ones that you could find. Um, 
and I will post a photo of mine in the show notes for today's episode at thismomloves.ca slash podcasts. And again, it's episode 47, but for me, it really helps motivate me to get on the treadmill when I know, okay, I can scroll Instagram, even just something as mindless as that to help me get on there and, and get my workout in. So treadmill desk, definitely something that I would recommend. And if you are looking for me online, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at This Mom Loves. I am on Instagram at Kate This Mom Loves. My website is thismomloves.ca. And there's a menu at the top where you can choose if you want to check out blog posts by category, if you want links to the TV segments that I've done on different national shows, if you want a link to published articles that I've had in different magazines. Podcast episodes are linked right up there too. And there's also information for contacting me if you want to work with me. Maybe you're interested in sponsoring the This Mom Loves podcast, or maybe you just want to reach out because you have a question or something you want to, to tell me. The contact information is all there at thismomloves.ca as well. I'm so excited to welcome my special guest today, Marcy D'Alessandro. She is a mom, she's a teacher, and she is the chair of the Peterborough Regional Health Center Mombassadors, which is a fundraising organization, and she is here to share all of her insights about raising money for good causes. Welcome, Marcy. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Let's just start out by learning a little bit about you and your family. Well, I am uh, pretty much born and raised in Peterborough. I uh, have three kids. Uh, Ava is 10, Andrew is 8, and then uh, we have a 2-year-old as well, which adds a whole neat dynamic to our family. Uh, my husband is a business owner in Peterborough. Uh, he does um, financial planning, um, and I'm a teacher as well. I teach uh, music part-time right now in Ennismore. And an interesting note about your family is your mother was a school principal, and she was actually my boss, my principal, my very first year teaching. Gave me a great uh, great start to my career, so that's uh, kind of a neat connection between us two. Well, and I'll tell you, she will say you were the very best first year teacher she's ever had. Well, that, that's nice to hear. You know what? Teaching is not an easy job, and that job was teaching core French, so maybe that kind of uh, gave me a little bonus in her mind, trying to do core French with grades one to eight, and oh, yeah. yeah, that uh, yeah, that was a good uh, trial by fire to begin my career. But, so let's get into the PRHC Mombassadors. So who are they, and how did this group get formed? The PRHC Mombassadors are a group of women. There are 20 of us right now. Um, we kind of flux between having uh, kind of our consistent members and some members that will come in and out depending on their lives and how busy they are. Um, the way that they got started is um, the foundation, uh, so the, the kind of entity responsible for raising money for the hospital, came to two sisters that are ambassadors um, and asked them to do an awareness commercial. Um, and these girls, Sarah and Erin uh, McDougall, they kind of took it a step farther and said, well, let's run an event. We, we can raise money. We can help you with that. Um, so they had a six-week turnaround. And in our first year, we raised $36,000. Wow. We were able to buy um, this wireless fetal heart monitor, which was really uh, pretty incredible. Um, and the technology is incredible, too. Um, and then from that, we have snowballed and really become like a full year-round advocacy group uh, where we do pop-up events, uh, where we uh, have our still our big marquee event. Um, last year we raised one hundred fifteen thousand um, dollars, 
um, which we were able to buy a ventilator and um, a warming bed. And then this year, our goal is $96,000. So wow. we're getting there. <laughs> and is there a certain purchase in mind? Yeah. So the what, what we learned, and all of this is so interesting to me, is that um, the way that hospitals run in Ontario is the government only pays for operating costs. So all of that equipment that when you walk into a hospital and you need is all donor funded. Um, and that kind of blew our minds. Mm -hmm. um, and so we wanted to really make sure that in our community we were able to you know, help that hospital and provide the very best care specifically for the NICU um, because we have been all had experiences with uh, the neonatal intensive care unit. Um, and uh, so there's a list of critically needed equipment. And so the next items on the list are warming beds, which um, I always say are kind of like new age incubators. Um, and so those, uh, those incubators are what they're, they've gotten old at the hospital. And so we wanna um, you know, bring in these brand new ones that are totally different uh, than the ones that we're replacing. Um, probably most of your listeners are thinking, when they think of an incubator, think of like the, the glass boxes. Mm -hmm. um, that's not anything what they're like anymore. Okay. So uh, they're called radiant warmer heaters, and you've got a heater up top, um, and you put a little sticker on the baby's back, and the, uh, they will talk to each other. And when the baby's temperature drops, it will automatically come on. There's no more walls around the incubator because if that baby goes... Uh, needs more help and goes into a, like a crisis situation, then you can have people working on the baby from all angles, uh, which is really important. Mm -hmm. You don't have to move the baby to x-ray the baby anymore. Uh, it measures sound and light. It's, it's a pretty interesting you know, piece of technology, and mm -hmm. we're really proud to say that we can buy three more for our hospital. Wow, mm -hmm. that is great. So... Your group has run so many great events to fundraise. And I mean, some of the things we're talking about are, you know, specific to the Peterborough Hospital and specific to the things you want to purchase. But I know there are people all over who want to fundraise for great causes. So let's just talk for a little bit about some of the events you've run. And you can maybe just kind of tell me in a nutshell some of the highlights or, or kind of how you went about that. So, for example, family portrait session. I saw you did one time. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we, um, it also uh, often depends on your volunteers and I we have a group of women who have incredible skills and strengths. Um, and so one of the uh, women, um, Jen Moher, and we also had um, Mary Payne, uh, they are photographers and they're incredible photographers. And so we did a family portrait session where it was by donation. Um, and we had it uh, kind of like a mini session where families would come and donate money. And that was a great uh, fundraiser for us. Um, we just this year began selling merchandise, mm -hmm. um, which uh, has really taken off. Um, and again, we've got really creative minds um, on our team. And, and then kind of the, the women, too, that are able to organize and, and figure the rest of, like, the ordering and the quantities, um, mm -hmm. that out as well. It really is everything we do, we do is really a team effort. Yeah. Um, we just ran a curling bond spiel that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we had a glam swap um, that's coming up. We did it last year as well. Um, and that's one of our smaller events. But uh, it, it might be one of my favorite events. Yes. Um, the glam aspect. <laughs> oh, I love it. So each, uh, you buy a ticket. And then we had our tickets priced at $100. And then you bring, the idea is you bring 
four to eight items um, of clothes that you know are really good quality that just don't fit you anymore or don't you don't something's not right with them so then we put them all together and you would walk out with four to eight items of somebody else's um, things I, I had it got amazing things yeah. <laughs> that night so it was it was a really fun night and we had uh, wine and appetizers and um, Haley Volger was the hostess and she is just like Martha Stewart yes yeah. so it was very oh, fun. fun good now what about spinathon Okay, so our spinathon. Um, one of the ambassadors, um, again going into talents and uh, you know pulling on our strengths. She owns a cycle boutique in Peterborough, and so we did twelve hours of cycling. Uh, we got twenty teams uh, to get together, and each person on their team rode about an hour and uh, was uh, got sponsored by uh, their friends and family and that event brought in a little more than 12,000 but actually like money is still rolling in from that yeah. yeah oh that's amazing and you get the kids involved too so 100 kids care was one that I've yeah. seen online so how does so, that one work? so uh that one is really near and dear to my heart too I actually love all the events yes <laughs> um so the 100 kids care we wanted to somehow uh you know it was it's an event that we run around Christmas time um, and we wanted to really instill in our kids this uh, charitable giving and loving to give back and the notion that Christmas is more about than getting presents. Mm -hmm. um, so what we did is we brought together 100 kids. We asked them to raise two, $20 each. Um, and we kind of stipulated that we wanted the kids to work for it mm -hmm. in some way, like whether that. they're doing like Christmas wrapping or shoveling snow. Um, and... We brought them to the hospital, uh, which was a neat thing too, because lots of kids are afraid of the hospital, and yeah. it put a different light on coming to this this building. And they had so much fun. We had a Santa Claus there. We had lots of crafts, and we actually brought down um, the warming bed that we were buying. And we had a, uh, the head of the NICU present to the kids and teach them all about what we were trying to buy. Um, and of course are so great you give them a, a, a task and they exceed it <laughs> so the kids um they didn't just raise twenty dollars each the grand total was uh, thirty five hundred dollars and then we had an anonymous donor who was so moved by the story and the kids doing it they matched that donation wow so that event our first event ran, raised seven thousand and then we ran it again last year and it raised six thousand that's great. Yeah. And I like that idea, though, of getting the kids involved, too, and, and yeah. having them see all that. And yeah. yeah. Well, and the neat part, too, is, and I know my kids always like to hear stories of when they were babies. Mm -hmm. And when part of that story is the fact that they started off in the NICU, they also feel a special connection to the hospital. And when they see the um, warming bed and they know that they were in something like that, it, you know, it, it's neat for them yeah. to make those connections. Yeah, very cool. So you have a big event coming up in May, so the girls' night out. So you need to fill me in about this one. Oh, I'm. This is awesome. So our girls' night out. We have a. Uh, our theme is night in Nashville. Um, so we are doing it right up, like we're transforming the town to Nashville. So when uh, women come, just like in Nashville, we're gonna have the big Pedalboro bike outside. For photo ops, uh, we have actually a chance to win um, uh, six seats on that bike uh, at a later date with lots of um, 
prizes at the restaurants that they stop at. Uh, the VIP tickets um, get early entry and you get a private show by the Dixie Hicks, um, a local band. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then general entry is an hour later. Um, we're also having a local uh, hair studio, Paul Astas, is going to do hair and makeup touch-ups for all the women coming. Um, we have face painting, which seems funny, but the Mumbasters last year did like a really cool face uh, painting just so that people were able to identify who the Mumbasters were. And one of the biggest feedback uh, advice that we got was they more mums wanted <laughs> the face painting. So we're having face painting this year. Um, and we have, we're giving away a trip to Nashville, which we're That's so awesome. excited about. Mm -hmm. uh, Fusion Hair Studio is another um, one that was incredible at um at donating you know their prizes and so not only is uh, sherry who's also a ambassador um gonna donate haircuts for a year in the silent auction but she also is um paying for the flight and she has a hookup with dean brody so when you when you win this trip you stay at dean brody's airbnb Oh, that sounds like a pretty good price. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah, cool. We're, we're very excited and we're happy. Um, I know that I can announce this, I think. So our uh, title sponsor is Full Tilt. Um, so with that Spinathon, they were able to sign on uh, and be our title sponsor for the event. So we are happy that it's Full Tilt uh, presenting uh, this along with um, the PRHC Foundation, our, our Girls' Night Out. Wonderful. So there are so many ins and outs and logistics of fundraising. So I want to pick your brain a little bit for, you know, all the people out there who might be looking to do some things like this. So you've landed a lot of great corporate sponsors. You just mentioned mm -hmm. some sponsors that you have. How do you go about getting those sponsors? Yeah, <laughs> that's a million dollar question. Mm -hmm. um, it's so just to give your listeners an idea, our goal this year is to get $50,000 in sponsorship funds. So we, two of our ambassadors, um, Kate Ahrens and Emily Kingdon are, they head that division of um, the Mumbasters. So we have asked every uh, Mumbaster on our team to try and bring in 1,500. So part of it is that you're divvying up the work, yep. first of all. Um, secondly, we've got Jane Lovett, who works at the foundation and our liaison. She created a really awesome sponsorship package. Mm -hmm. So in that sponsorship package, it outlines our vision, our values, our mission. Um, it also talks to our sponsors about the value that they'll receive in partnering with us. Yeah. Um, when you think about uh, our age demographic, we are mostly uh, women from 19 to about 45 is where most of our... Um, ticket buyers will come in, but then we also certainly have about 20% who are 45 to 90. We, I know that um, we've got Teresa Maloney is 89 and she's always <laughs> at that event. Um, and so we really want to target to our, our sponsors, we have this captive audience and they are successful and they are, um, you know, they're willing to, to reach and support our community. And when you can hook in local sponsors with that awareness of what they're kind of getting back in return, it's an easier sell. Mm -hmm. um, I also think the fact that uh, storytelling is huge in getting sponsors. Um, 
one of the things about using the NICU is when you're in that kind of time in your life, you're, you're in crisis mode and you are trying to survive. And lots of people don't talk about that um, really to anybody outside their immediate family. And one of the things that we've found in doing this is once families have a couple of years, they are able to talk about how they use the NICU, how it affected them, the, the amazing staff that work there. Um, and lots of times we will go into businesses and people will have been affected by the NICU. Um, and so storytelling is huge in part of our trying to, to get sponsors on board. Well, and I've seen the, the package myself and looked over it. And I do think you're right about them knowing what value they're getting from it too. Because of course, it's like, oh, you're doing a good deed and this is for a good cause. But mm -hmm. businesses do want to kind of see some return, right? So Absolutely. even just to know what the social media audience is the numbers of women that are going to be at certain things and see their logos and the, you know, see, hear their information, I do think is good. Like any, any kind of sales pitch you're doing, they yeah. do need to see the value that they're going to get. So. Yeah. And you know, like what, what is so fun about this is that we are doing like really good work in putting, you know, great equipment in our NICU, but, but the spinoff effect is that we're also, I really feel like helping a lot of local businesses get huge exposure mm -hmm. And lots of businesses are really, when we're their target client and all those women walking through that, their doors are their target client, they really recognize this is huge value to be yeah. partnered with the ambassadors. Mm -hmm. So some of your neat partnerships, like I know I saw online, a hair salon was offering a special and then donating part of the profits, you know, for people who went and got that special or whatever. Are there any tips for approaching businesses? I know we kind of just talked about something similar, but do you guys come up with, oh, you could offer a cut and color for this price? Or is it just kind of like, can you help us and you let them come up with ideas? Um, I would say a little bit of both. We did have, I'm just going to take it back a step yeah. where we had a meeting where I had up um, chart papers of different verticals. So we had like retail, we had food and service, we had um, like automotive, like so different kind of areas. And then we went and we wrote down as many businesses that we could think of on those chart papers. Um, and that was kind of round one. And then round two was we went back and we thought, okay, who has a connection to these businesses? Um, because, I mean, as much as we can cold call and just pick up the phone and ask, it's much better when we have a connection. For sure. So then we will kind of delegate like, okay, I know this person and I can go and talk to them about, you know, a possible sponsorship. I do think that it is easiest when you can kind of paint the picture of here's where we see you fitting in. Um, and so I, I would say that, but lots of times, um, you know, you get into the storytelling piece and then the sponsors become really excited and they start telling you how they see the, they, yes. them fitting in. Yeah. What have been some of your personal high moments from being part of Mumbasters? Oh, there has been so many. So that when we when we agreed on, like the first year was such a whirlwind that it all happened so fast, and it was we turned around and we had thirty six thousand dollars, and we just we were couldn't believe it. Um, and then the hospital sat us down, and we kind of came to them and said, like, we can do more. So they gave us this big fat goal of $100,000. And to be honest, I lost sleep over it because <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, when I sign on to things, I really want to do a good job mm -hmm. and make sure that, you know, we're meeting a goal. And when we were able to announce 
the total that we had not only met $100,000, but we got to $115,000. Like, a, I'm not a crier, and I cried. <laughs> yes. That was definitely a huge high. Um, our meetings, and, and if people are thinking about how do we, you know, fundraise, you need to have fun at your meetings. You can't, because you're everybody's been at work all day or at home or whatever they're doing, you know, we always, like, our meetings are fun. You have to put the fun in fundraise. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) And you have to, you know, we make it so that um, you want to go because it's also a social. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's uh, that's a huge element of it where we're bringing the spirit in. We're doing good things, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So that so that piece of it is is really rewarding as well. And then um, the hospital is so brilliant. When when we presented the check for, uh, well, both both checks, they took us on a tour of the NICU. And you walk into that hospital and you hear the nurses talk about stories of, you know, the, the first year we bought the, um, the heart, uh, fetal heart monitor and it's wireless, which now women can go into the bathtubs that we have and they're waterproof and they don't have to take off that heart monitor. Um, and if anything were to ever happen and they had to rush a woman into uh, like a C-section, they don't have to disconnect and then reconnect. It's, it reads the, um, cause it's Bluetooth. It reads the baby's heart monitor the whole time. There's no gap there. And when you're in that room and you're hearing doctors and nurses talk about how this piece of like of equipment that you bought is really making a huge difference, like it's, it's, it's pretty humbling. Yeah. Yeah. And any low moments? Um, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, I talked about after signing on to that big goal and thinking, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, there hasn't been too many low moments. Um, you know, maybe when, like once you've kind of experienced being in the NICU with your own babies um, and you then walk in on that tour and you see that, you know, family's in crisis, you, the empathy level is, I mean, it was always there, but it really hits home. Mm-hmm. You know exactly how they're feeling and they're kind of, they don't really know which way is up. Um, and so you just, that, that is something that is, you know, it's, it's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. Any tips, like maybe any do's or don'ts for others who might be embarking upon some sort of long-term fundraising, whether it's, you know, some kind of hospital thing or something completely different somewhere else in the country? What are some do's and don'ts? Um, well, first I would say dream big. Um, and I always think, even though, like, pick a goal that, like, scares the hell out of you. <laughs> because you, once you gather your team, and I would, that would be my second, pick a big goal and then your, your team... And the women that you, or whoever you have on your team, you really want to make sure that you're not only picking people that are the same as you. You want to pick people that have different skill sets that are going to be way better at you at, in some areas. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's lots of times where, you know, where one mombaster, you know, lacks a certain skill set, another mombaster can come in and say, yep, I can get this done. Um, so really make sure you pick your team based on, on skill and talent and fun, <laughs> right? Yeah. People that you want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always, I always think, you know, we're very inclusive, but it's people that you want to have to your house and hang out with. 
Yeah. Right. And so when you're thinking about who's on your team, think about people you want to hang out with. Yeah. Um, cause there is a lot of time and then some of the work can be more tedious, but when you're having fun, it, you know, it goes, the time goes quick. Any don'ts or warnings, pitfalls to avoid? Um, I would say because there's so many, um, personalities, because you're like, I, you know, specifically picking people with different, um, you know, skill sets. Uh, we really have laid everything out. Um, we've got a welcome package where we go through, you know, this is the process for this. And, and I would say as much as it's not that fun to sit down and write processes and, you know, this is what happens and this is the team responsible for, for that. And this is their job. I think when you do that and everybody kind of really understands their role on the team, you don't, there's no drama. Like there really isn't any drama because people understand where their roles are. And, and so that's, yeah, that's what I would say. Do write your processes down, yeah. write a handbook of, you know, how you're going to uh, uh, do things, have a vision and values that when you get into questions that are, you know, tough, you can kind of go back to, okay, what's our mission? What's our goal? does this match where we want to be? Because what will happen is you will have, and, and this is one of the things that we had is, is tons of people will come up and say, well, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. Um, businesses will want to help you, but, and, and we don't really want to say no to anyone, but we want to really make sure that we're staying true to our brand and our mission and what we're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Such great information. So my final question, which can be completely off topic, <laughs> do you have a This Mom Loves some sort of favorite thing to recommend to listeners? Yes. Okay. So because I love this, we never talked about how I'm the, oh, yeah. okay, I am the pause. prime minister. Let's pause for a moment. So I have appointed Marcy, the unofficial prime minister of the This Mom Loves fan club, because she has been so supportive and always giving me great feedback. Um, on all of my projects. So yes, I was going to mention that off the top and I forgot. So yes, thank you for that role that you play. Oh, thank you. Um, so I've got two. One is uh, sort of silly. It's um, the Burt's Bees Tinted Lip Balm. Mm -hmm. I just think that's easy peasy and it's, you know, it's great. And then my second one, uh, which I love, is um, an app. It's called Marco Polo. Okay. Um, and what it is, is a video... Um, sharing app. So I have, both my brothers live out east. Um, I've got um, a really good friend that's out west. And what we do is we leave video messages for each other. Um, so think about FaceTime, same idea, except for you don't have to arrange a time where you're both going to be there. Mm. Um, and so with my family, for example, and I've got um, three, almost four uh, nephews out east, uh, they will leave video messages uh, for my kids of them reading or skating or, and you really don't feel like you're missing out on anything. It's really um, sort of fun and they'll tell jokes to each other. Um, and it just, I think it just bridges that gap where, because everybody's busy and lots of times we'll just do a quick Marco of, you know, when we you know, my kid's art project, for example. And it's not that we have to, you know, arrange everybody's schedule. It just is there. And then whenever they get a chance to look at it, they can take a look at it. And we, you can do group chats too. So mm -hmm. 
on my family one, I think there's 12 people. (laughs) So that we're all kind of kept in the loop of everything. So I would highly, highly recommend the app Marco Polo. And if you're looking for it in the app store, it looks like a little beach ball. Um, And yeah, for your friends that are far away or that maybe you just don't have a hard time connecting to, download that app and you will love it. Wonderful. Okay, so where can people find you and find the PRHC Ambassadors? So Instagram and um, Facebook, you can find us both if you just type in PRHC Ambassadors. Uh, we have a website, uh, www.prhcmambassadors.ca. Um, you can also find us through the PRHC um, Foundation website as well. Okay. Yeah. Marcy D'Alessandro, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. That brings us almost to the end of this episode of This Mom Loves. But before I let you go, I just want to mention um, something else about Marcy D'Alessandro, who was just here as my guest. This past uh, weekend, it was International Women's Day, and Marcy planned such a neat event, kind of a pay-it-forward event, where there was um, a brunch that we attended. Uh, She invited a number of women, and we got together and had a lot of fun. And part of agreeing to come, one of the the stipulations was that you were to bring an extra $20 bill. And then at the end of the meal, the $20 bills were all pooled together as an extra bonus tip for the server. In addition to the regular tips we were paying, just an extra little, you know, thing to do to brighten someone's day, which was amazing. We also all brought a small frozen meal that Marcy was going to drop off for someone in need of that, as well as some kind of nice women's item, just a used item that we don't need anymore, like maybe shoes or purse or a piece of jewelry that she was going to take to um, a women's shelter because when they do get donations, often they're more the basic kind of things that women may need when they're in that situation, not so much anything nice or pretty. And so the goal was just to have a number of of those things to drop off too. So, um, and it was funny when she invited me because she said, I know you're an introvert, so no pressure, it's up to you. And my immediate response was, let me ponder it. I'm not saying no, I'll get back to you. And I thought about it for a while and I thought, well, I can certainly sit through a brunch and, uh, and it was amazing. And a couple of women that I knew and some new ones that I, that I got to meet and so, so fun and a great experience. One of those things I'm glad that I said yes to, um, but also it just feels good. You know, those extra little three things that we did, um, for international women's day. And, uh, I just wanted to share that idea in case that's something any of you want to take on in the future. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to my podcast editor, Lucas Wojcicki, who always does a fantastic job. And I just want to leave you with a quote kind of on that International Women's Day theme. You can tell who the strong women are. They are the ones you see building one another up instead of tearing each other down. So who can you go help build up today, tomorrow, and moving forward? Thanks for being here. Till next time.